Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable high-speed internet. Today, I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast Virginia Lamb Abrams, co-founder and SVP of Government Affairs and Strategic Advancement at Starry. We had Virginia on the show last year to talk about Starry's work as a fixed wireless provider in the U.S., including with its Starry Connect program, which brings affordable service to public housing. On today's episode, we hear more about how and where Starry Connect has grown since then and how that program, combined with federal efforts like the Affordable Connectivity Program, are making a difference for low-income households when it comes to accessing broadband. Virginia, thank you so much for joining me. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Nicole. It's great to be back. Still standing. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. All of us still here. Wow. <laughs> we'll see next year if, <laughs> if we can make this a repeat performance. Um, so uh, last time you were here, we talked about a lot of things with regard to Starry. One of those topics was Starry Connect, which um, is what I want to start with today. Um, so tell me, remind us again what Starry Connect is and tell me a bit about how that program has grown and how many public housing developments you're now working with and and just anything new about the program since we last talked about it about a year ago. Um, Thanks so much, Nicole, and and really do appreciate um, having the opportunity to come back and talk about something that is really near and dear to my heart, um, which is bridging the digital divide. Um, So as uh, as you know, and and maybe for folks who are listening for the first time, um, Starry Connect is Starry's digital equity program that focuses on developing partnerships with public and affordable housing owners to be able to offer a high-quality, ultra-low-cost broadband service to their residents without requiring onerous um, things like credit checks or individual eligibility requirements or lengthy application processes. We launched this program in 2018 specifically because we saw a need in the marketplace. Um, We were working with affordable housing owners and we noticed that um, many families didn't have broadband and it wasn't because they didn't need it. It was because primarily one, they couldn't afford it or two, they just couldn't get access to it because they couldn't pass the credit check or because they had owed the incumbent provider money in the past and just couldn't get through that barrier. And so we designed this program to partner directly with the housing owners and provide eligibility for our digital equity program based on the premise, not based on the individual household. And so we launched that in 2018. We ended 2019 with 9,000 units in our program. And then, of course, as we all know, in 2020, the very special year, um, it uh it, it was really, um, we saw in dramatic fashion how deep that digital divide was. And so as a company, we made a commitment during that period to really accelerate the growth of our Starry Connect program. And we ended 2020 with more than 29,000 units of housing in our program, which was a threefold increase from the previous year. In 2021, um, I think last year when we were all hoping that we would see COVID in the rear view, unfortunately, <laughs> that was not the case. Yeah. Um, but we continued to double down on expanding our program, and we ended 2021 with more than 55,000 units in our Starry Connect program. And we're continuing to expand um, our footprint and this program to as many 
um, public and affordable housing communities as possible. Today, we work with eight different public housing authorities and 45 different affordable housing partners. And that ranges from nonprofit partners to privately owned affordable housing. Um, and, um, and, and again, public housing authorities, community development authorities, um, folks who are really committed to trying to solve the digital divide for their residents. Wow, that's really amazing. That's a that's a lot of growth uh, in the last few years, and and very timely, as you rightly say. Um, I have one technical question. Uh, the FCC recently revised its rules on you know apartment partnerships with ISPs. Does that affect this program or anything you guys are doing? Um, we we were so grateful to see the FCC take action, um, and you're referring specifically to the Competitive Access and Multi-Tenant Environments Order, which exactly. um, which really is a building upon what the the action that the Commission took in 2001, where they prohibited exclusive service agreements because the Commission recognized that having competition and choice was really in the best interests of consumers. And so, with this particular order, they are taking that ne- next step in recognizing that um, there is an environment today in multi-tenant environments, in MDUs. So for folks who aren't accustomed to these acronyms, that just means apartment (laughs) buildings, um, where um, incumbents have used exclusive, um, whether it's wiring agreements or revenue agreements or graduated revenue agreements, really to block out competition and to block choice. And the commission's action on this, um, we believe, is going to benefit not just um, public and affordable housing, which we think it will have immediate positive impacts, but also anyone who lives in an apartment building. And that is literally millions of Americans today um, who may not know that the reason that they don't have choice in their apartment building is because someone else has made the decision for them. And so what this order does is really prohibit those types of agreements that are really only intended to squash competition and then also create sunshine and transparency for those exclusive marketing agreements um, that sometimes can um, confuse consumers into believing that they only have one choice in a building because they're only being marketed by one company. And so we think this is really a great um, a step forward and it's going to be really positive for consumers. Okay, got it. That's great. So um, in addition to Starry Connect, you guys are also participating in the Affordable Connectivity Program, which was funded through the Bipartisan Infrastructure Law and is managed by the FCC. Do you have a sense of how many Starry subscribers are participating in the Affordable Connectivity Program? So we were qualified um, first under the emergency broadband benefit. And right. as, um, again, for, for those listeners who may not be um, fully aware, that was a piece of legislation that was passed at the end of 2020 that provided for an emergency fund to be able to um, ensure connectivity for Americans during the COVID-19 emergency period. Um, that EBB program, um, which Starry was qualified for specifically for our Starry Connect program, has now migrated um, and evolved to the Affordable Connectivity Program. Um, it's Starry's unique in that we were qualified for our Connect program, which means any consumer, any household that's living in a Starry Connect qualified community is automatically eligible for the Affordable Connectivity Program. And that means that it's a very simple sign-up process. You Mm -hmm. sign up for Starry service, and then you affirmatively opt in um, to the ACP, and then you're able, your household is able to receive the benefit of that $30 subsidy. Um, And because we sort of remove that additional step, right, because you are qualified, again, 
as a premise, right, um, that has really removed barriers for families to get the connectivity that they need. And today, nearly 70% of all of our ACP subscribers are new households coming to Starry in our service. And about 30% were existing Starry subscribers um, living in our connect communities. And so um, we have seen the ACP and the EBB. It has just been a huge um, benefit to families who really were making tough choices, right? Um, in, in, In some, actually probably more than we would like to admit, cases families are choosing to pay for broadband or pay for food. And in many, many cases, when you're looking at a household that's like, do I pay my wireless bill or do I pay for home broadband? Those were the choices that people were having to make. And we know today that home broadband is not a nice to have. It is essential. It's essential for work. It's essential for school. Even when kids aren't virtually learning, they have homework that needs to be completed online. And and they can't do that if they don't have adequate, reliable, and affordable broadband at home. And I think what the ACP does is ensures that for our most vulnerable families. So in Starry's case, there I, I presume there are a lot of your subscribers who are Starry Connect subscribers, so they're getting low-cost broadband service. And I also assume that a lot of them qualify for ACP. So are there some of your subscribers who are getting broadband service for free now? Absolutely. And we designed um, our low-cost offering and created a special plan, actually, in recognition of the ACP in order to get the best broadband to as many families as possible for the lowest or no cost. And that's really, really critical. I think, you know, we as a country, I think, are having a real positive moment with broadband where Mm -hmm. it is recognized on both sides of the aisle that broadband is essential if we want our country to thrive. We cannot leave people behind. And as such, the investment in um, broadband infrastructure, in broadband subsidy programs like this are going to have immediate and most importantly, long-term impacts on our communities economically, from a healthcare standpoint, obviously for education. And I think that we're in a really unique moment for our country that um, that it feels like all the oars are rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And, that's, um, and that's really important. And for us as a provider, our small part of this is making sure that we get as much information out as possible for um, consumers to make those decisions, get the best plan um, possible for their um, households, and really start to march towards that goal of universal broadband access across every American household. So I'm thinking a little bit about what you what you just said, and and yes, it is a very positive moment for broadband, and yes, uh, everybody's uh, in a lot of ways seems to be working together. At the same time, Starry is a little unique because you guys offer an, a, a low cost option. You seem to be in favor of um, some sort of rate regulation. You Last time we talked, you were pro the now somewhat dead Governor Cuomo law of mandating a $15 um, broadband option in, in New York. Um, and the wireless industry is largely against you know that kind of stuff. So where's the disconnect there between Starry's point of view on that kind of stuff and the industry at large? I wouldn't say that we're pro-rate regulation. Fair enough. We're pro-competition. <laughs> pro okay. Yeah. Competition is actually that natural mechanism that helps regulate rates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, 
what is it, the stat today? It's more than 67% of this country doesn't have a choice for broadband provider. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't have choice, we all know what happens, right? And so right. for us, that the natural mechanism for ensuring that there's affordable choice for people and affordable options is competition. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the administration and the FCC has recognized the, um, the, the role and the powerful role that competition plays in enabling choice and affordability. And I think the policies that they've implemented definitely um, reflect that. Um, you know, if we have a healthy marketplace, we're going to have healthy price points and yeah. um, in terms of options, right, whether it's low cost to the high end. And by the way, not only just, you know, driving affordability, but then driving technology innovation and driving um, options, right? Like if if there wasn't competition in the marketplace, you wouldn't be talking about like one gig, two gig, 10 gig, right. whatever, you know, the, um, the amount is. And, and some people can hand wave that and say, well, that's a lot of marketing. But you know what drives that? is competition. Mm-hmm. And that's really healthy and important for consumers. Yeah, absolutely. So just sticking with uh, low-income communities, just for one more question, um, is there anything that you've learned in the past year or so um, about hurdles when it comes to connecting low-income communities or ways to do this more successfully? Um, absolutely. And I think that the way that, especially the way that we've approached our Starry Connect program in starting with one, it's a partnership program. And I think that as providers, um, not just Starry, but everyone, everyone who works in a community should always view that community as a partner mm-hmm. and should treat that community with respect um, and also meet that community where it's at, whether it's in um, a native language that might not be English, um, whether it's in programs community engagement activities that, um, that that meet the needs of a community. The way that you engage with a senior community is going to be very different than a community that is populated with families with young kids. Mm-hmm. And recognizing how you work within those communities um, and is really incredibly important to your success. And it's incredibly important also to building trust. And I think what we have found going into communities is that trust particularly in our public and affordable housing communities, has been broken time and time again. And so the onus is on us to rise above that, to build that foundation of trust, to work with communities so that they understand that we're not just there and then wiping our hands and and we're gone, but we're there as a partner to them because we are an internet service provider that's in their home, providing them a critical service. We recognize what a unique and special place that is And so we really, truly work within these communities um, to show them that we care. So regardless of whether or not you're a Story Connect community or you're in a market rate community, everyone is treated the same with the same level of service, the same level of customer care. And I think that's really a key part of why we've been able to grow this program so quickly. Um, It's because of that level of service and the the word of mouth that spreads um, in the communities. And just uh, one final question, just to close us out. Um, tell me a bit about Starry's growth plans. You guys have a forthcoming IPO. Um, I know you expect to receive $269 million-ish from Ardoff, uh, the Rural Digital Opportunity Fund. I'll save you the trouble of having to give the background <laughs> that I'm leaving out. Um, and I assume Starry hopes to receive 
um, grant funding through the infrastructure law as well. That will be coming from the NTIA. So what will all of that allow you to do? How does Starry see its role um, or its future as, a, as an ISP here in the U.S.? I was going to say, Nicole, we could just do a whole podcast um, and just do it all in acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> Be the most fun, <laughs> least interesting <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's right. Of all time. Yeah, let's do it. Well, <laughs> well we've got, um, we have a very, very busy roadmap ahead of us. Um, we, I think since the last time we talked, we launched a new market, Columbus, Ohio. Um, as you mentioned, um, we were awarded $268 million in RDOF Funding. So that's going to allow us to really expand outside of our core um, urban footprint into suburban and exurban areas in the markets that we won. Um, we are uh, marching down a path to become a publicly traded company, as we announced last October. And so um, we expect that that transaction um, will close before the end of the first quarter this year. Um, there's just a lot ahead of us. Uh, we'll be building uh, new markets. We'll be expanding our footprint in current markets. And of course, um, always, always investing um, in Starry Connect and really ensuring that um, our public and affordable housing communities don't get left out of that expansion. Um, of course, there's going to be opportunities with broadband infrastructure money, and we'll certainly be participating in that as um, that money uh, gets rolled out through NTIA and the states. Um, and, you know, we're just plodding forward and, um, and growing. And so uh, it's an exciting time for the company. Awesome. Just plodding forward, I think, could really sum up how a lot of us are feeling right now. But uh, you said it in a positive way. So on that note, thank you so much, Virginia, for your time. I really appreciate it and enjoyed talking with you. This has been great. Thanks so much. Thank you again, Virginia, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landriau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.